and references by Mike Tanay during any of their matches. Yeah. Uh, like, that's it. That, that's your look into, into British wrestling. And then, like, there's this documentary about Adrian Street and what he did here in the territories uh, and what he did over there, you know, kind of the first uh, or one of the early over-the-top, you know, uh, androgynous kind right. of characters in wrestling. And it works so well, you know, talking about his matches with Terry Taylor and, and you know, uh, to kind of give that a scope back when Terry Taylor was, you know, his age when he was doing stuff and TV champion at these promotions. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like that is so eye opening. Like it's so, you know, kind of like Indies here or, or in, I'm not Indies here, but well, yeah, a little bit here. Indies today. Um, you know, there's just, you go back to those territories and everything. There's just so much that just hasn't been uncovered. Yeah. And, and there's so much that is lost time as far as just, um, Ring work that kids can learn from as far as just little subtle things and matches. I posted uh, a match clip between uh, Terry Taylor, coincidentally, mm-hmm. and Jacques Rougeau from Memphis, Mid-South Coliseum. I've been going through uh, the entire 1983 year of, of Memphis television. And um, there was a counter to where, where Jacques tries to monkey flip Terry, and Terry just sits out. And shakes his head and gets a big reaction. I had never seen that before. I've been watching wrestling for almost 30 years. I've never seen that before. Um, but even watching guys that are, are super well-known, like Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, if you truly watch his work in some of these earlier matches, these longer house show matches, just the way he stalls or the way he sells or the way he moves, the way he emotes, just his body language, Um Things that you could start doing today and it instantly stand out mm-hmm. and instantly get over. Anything Terry Funk does. Terry Funk is so different. Um, I, I remember I, it was a match. It was Ma- uh, Macho Man and his brother Lanny Poffo against maybe the Fabulous Ones. I don't remember what it was. But but I, I, the Babyface team is probably – is either Fabulous Ones or Rock and Roll Express. Remember Rock and Roll Express. Um Whatever the babyface team did, just some little taunt, just some little screw you type of thing, little ha-ha spot to get the crowd to cheer um, and get Lanny to, like, you know, take a step back. The way Macho sold it, he was just so disgruntled, he just leapt out of the ring. Just the way he did it, I can't do it justice, but it was a laugh-out-loud moment. Just be, it, It's taking those, those subtle things. No one's locked up yet. No one's touched each other yet. But the people are roaring, and, and, and you know, it, it, it's, um, you, you've got them in the palm of your hand already. And, and, you know, a lot of young kids, the kids these days, um, think of like, oh, slow down, or oh, don't do so much. It's like, mm-hmm. be boring and grab a headlock for 25 minutes. But that's not what it is. It's, it's, it's make the moment matter. Mm-hmm. And so many guys could do it. There, there's not a Terry Funk match that I'm not just enthralled because you don't know what he's going to do. Because I guarantee Terry didn't know what he's going to do. Yeah, you know, Roddy Piper, Buzz Sawyer, Kevin Sullivan, just guys like that who they're not gimmicks, but they're so over the top. Even if they're just in a pair of black trunks, I can't tell you anybody today thinking along that. The last person that I was actually, um, um afraid to talk to in wrestling because of their online persona that, that, you know, kind of transcended like a Roddy Piper, right? Like, you're just like, you're going to probably meet Roddy Piper. If you run into Roddy Piper, Mm -hmm. right. You don't meet, um, uh, Mr. Toombs, you know? Um, and the last part I can think of was Scott Steiner. They're like, oh, go go talk to him about this, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go talk to Scott Steiner. Yeah, like I'm not going to ask him fan questions because he'll pop my head off, you know, you know. But but I can't think of anybody that's come up in the last 15 years that I would get that vibe from, you know. Definitely not nationally. Pro- probably maybe some in, in in other countries or some on an independent level. Mm-hmm. Um, probably British guys. Yeah, like 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 they come off like I feel like I feel like Walter coming up I would have been intimidated with running into. Yeah. Right? Like when I first came in um Loki was that bad. Oh yes. And And when you met him at the table it was it was still Loki. 
Yeah, because he had that deep, low-key yeah. James Earl Jones voice, yes. and he would shake your hand, and he would have such a tight grip. Uh, there was a wonderful story from uh, Doc Remedy, uh, who may resemble David Ardemera. Um and he 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 went up and shook his hand and said, "Oh, that was that was a great match. You hit hard, or something, right? It was like our second independent match we'd ever been to." And he says, "Yes, hit hard, you know." Of course. And like he said nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like but it was the most intimidating thing between that and that handshake, right? Yeah. Versus like, you know, I met Ray Rowe and like he was like the nicest guy. I was like, I just watched you kill guys for like fifteen minutes, yeah. you know. And, so. and and anytime I talked to Loki, he was always a gentleman. Oh yeah. Oh he's he, always he, right. he was very articulate. And still is, I'm sure. I haven't I haven't seen him probably the last time I saw him was maybe WrestleMania weekend in Dallas, but um Always articulate, always a gentleman, mm-hmm. always dressed nicely, mm-hmm. um, very business first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, I'm, I'm, and others have had different experiences with him, I'm sure, that have been in the ring with him or, or, or whatever. But um, the way he carries himself in ring and out was always very legitimate mm-hmm. and very business first and very mm-hmm. genuine. And not saying everyone needs to walk around you know, uh, acting like Loki, but everybody needs to take into account that presentation matters, that perception is reality, that if people look at you a certain way, um, it can gain you more respect or gain you more attention or more interest. You know, it goes back to the fact I'll pay to watch Loki, but I'm not going to pay to watch the guy on social media that'll bitch about his double shifted Arby's and then expect me to believe him as a legitimate wrestler this weekend. Right. It all comes down to context and how you present yourself because it's not just what you do in the ring. It is literally a 24-7 job. We got our first question from the chat room. I like to talk to my fans. I'm sure yes. it's a loving, supporting fan. Jesse the Mark. Never heard of him. Okay. Um, well, he asked why. Did he hear when we buried him earlier? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> He'll have to rewind for that one or wait for the to release on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> he just asked, why are this? And then they yelled at him about ask a question. He said, I just did. Because this are as it be. Ooh. Unto the future and forevermore. Henceforth. The end. Fantastic. <laughs> Jesse, make my graphics. <laughs> there you go. You got a list. <laughs> Jeez. Some of the best graphics in the business, like uh, yo, hands down, hands down. Yes, um, that is that is one thing. Uh, yo, like, I will I will give Jesse some credit because the stuff he turns in on on uh, posters are like the cleanest. Yeah, there's 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 nobody I would rather go to or nobody I would want to go to for mm-hmm. the posters, the graphics, the flyers, uh, the DVD covers. Um, you know, it's it's, and and he's been in the trenches so long. He's not bitter at all. He well, I I wasn't <laughs> going to say that. I was that he understands what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. He understands how to be eye catching, not just from a wrestling context, but from a design context. And he's dealt with my nonsense for so long that uh, he has a feel of of what I do and don't do and why. So <laughs> that helps take our projects down from like, you know, 17 drafts down to like five or six. He is commenting in responses. Oh fuck. You probably did bury me. Don't I owe you a poster? Put me over more. A <laughs> uh, poster, two matches, DVD cover, but uh, who's counting? <clears throat> DJZ gone wild 48 hours to Orlando available September 18th on joe-dobrowski.com and promotionlibrary.com and indywrestling.us via Vimeo and such etc etc alright <laughs> uh, John John Ashbaugh's in the chat he says he did meet the Steiners in Meadville Scott was a dick Rick was cool though I mean everybody's got their own experiences um, there are very few people you can encounter that at least one fan doesn't have a horror story about, you know, you catch yeah. him on a bad day, yeah. you catch him at the airport, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I can't speak to Scott's mood that day. I didn't speak to Scott at all that day because Meadville shows, as you know, are insane. 
Uh, I'm at a merch table, an announce table, a merch table, an announce table, Mm -hmm. and then I'm spending 45 minutes going through the maze that is the Meadville Middle School hallway to Mm -hmm. take down my merch and walk it back. Listen, none of us are happy on Meadville. (laughs) In the long run, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it, it, I love the shows. The day. Oh, the shows are great. I love the big fat protrusion in my pocket. Mm, yeah, I'm referring to money for you perverts. Um, Meadville is one of my favorite stops in the calendar year. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is, but it's worth yeah. it. I'll. It, it's. It's like I'm doing big time wrestling this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody was just talking about that. Um, the uh, the TechoCon. Yeah, uh, and how much fun they had that. Uh, somebody I was just here for a, a video game marathon last night. So and that's awesome. So. And, and and TechoCon was such a, a, an X factor to me because I, I like I, I helped I helped them put that show together because they wanted a lot of like local talent and personalities and such. Mm-hmm. So uh, of course, my first thought is you know find me a beast man. <laughs> um, but like I didn't know what we were gonna get as far as wrestling fans versus just anime fans that wandered in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had beast, man. We had ugly ducklings. We had uh, shockwave, the robot. We had like these over the top personalities. We had facade, you know, and we had Scott Steiner and Shane Douglas and, um, you know, Gangrel and road warrior animal. And we had the Philly Marino experience. Um, I'm assuming both. I couldn't tell them apart. Um, but, yeah, we, we had all these different – we had this cornucopia of, of talent for, for whatever you're into. We got something for you. you know. And I, I didn't know if they would be wrestling fans or if we'd be trying to win them over. But as soon as I introduced the first match and I paused for a second and I heard a bunch of them go, one fall. Never been so happy to hear something so annoying. <laughs> and then, thank you, wrestling tropes. And then the first the first match starts, and then uh, during the near falls, people are yelling out too. And I I knew then, like, all right, we'll be fine. We got them. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope we can do that again. That was something where me and Steve, the promoter, were kind of fish out of water. That's something that's happening a lot. We, of course, David Lawless was on talking about how wrestling is coming to the Four Courts Festival at uh, Highmark um, Stadium. Right on the the soccer stadium, uh, Riverhound stock. No one's booked me yet, but I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm entertaining you might, messages and offers. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, you can jo- you can join me in West Virginia for Black Diamond then. Do I have to go with you? I mean, I'll, if you want to go, whatever. Uh, but it was, but these this is happening. Like these are like the wrestling's popping up at these festivals more and more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I remember watching. Um, I think it was like incredibly strange wrestling or something or lucha or something. There, were, there was luchadors and they they gave you tortillas to to throw at the wrestlers um, at Warp Tour in that in that same spot where uh, the stage used to be uh, down there on the South Shore. You know, it, it, like and I hadn't that, that technically is probably my first indie show. <laughs> nice. I think about it in like 2002. So it's one of those things that that the thing about wrestling now is that there's so many different subgenres of it, mm-hmm. and there's so many different reasons that people watch, and it's just kind of splintering off into its own thing. Um, and I'm not going to get into the pro wrestling performance art debate because it's all exactly the same thing. So please stop arguing and blowing up my Twitter feed. <laughs> but um, what 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 doesn't matter is what you call it in that grand scope of things to each mm-hmm. other. What does matter is how you market it and what your audience is. That's right, what matters. Right. And are you, are you trying to put are you trying to put like a New Japan strong style show in the middle of a rock concert? Right. That's probably not going to yeah, work. We, we, you know, when we did TechoCon, we had a cognizant thought of what this type of crowd is going to be, and and we, we want to cater the event to that. When I do big time wrestling this weekend. Um, you know, Arn Anderson's going to be there, and and a lot of times the Rock and Roll Express have been there, and you want to cater to that North Carolina mm-hmm. Jim Crockett nostalgia crowd because Dorton Arena had you know every month back in the eighties and seventies, Dusty and Flair and Magnum and Johnny Weaver and all the big talents of the day, and you want to lean on that to to get your guys over. Yeah. Um, if you're yeah. doing a rock concert hall like WrestleRex or something like that, it's going to be a little wilder. It's going to be a little more in your face. It's mm. going to be a little more adult-oriented. If you're going to do um, you know, a small town where it's kids and families, you got to market that a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there's so much more opportunity to hit new niche audiences 
from your your death matches to your lucha to your comedy to whatever mm-hmm. the case is. I always think back to that show we went to in Detroit that was that circus theme show. Yes. And I you somebody had said to us or said to you or, or you you told me they said nobody here's a wrestling fan. Yeah. These are all like hipsters seeing something weird. Mhm. You know. Like that's that that is always stuck. We, in my we head. went with our friend uh, Pogo the One Legged Boy. Pogo the One Legged Boy. Yeah. yeah. Given name. AKA Zachary Gowan. Yes. Uh, he's doing great. I, he's been man. He's all over the place. When I think he's stuff. getting married tomorrow. What tomorrow? Something like that. Wow. I, I how I, I read Gregory Irons' booking schedule and Zach Gowan's wedding was on it. So I'm just assuming. <laughs> I love I'm it. assuming Greg Iron's not lying about going to a it. wedding, was but that, maybe he is. Who was knows? that a board game with uh, Gargano, Candice, and uh, M Dog on there as well from last night? That might have just been a, a call on the fly. Oh, okay, know. okay. I don't know. Just I a... I have no idea what that board game is, but uh, good for them. Good for good for Johnny S. Friend, aka Gregory Iron. Johnny S. Friend. Yes. That's what he would when he did the the NXT thing for the Gargano. Oh, he yeah. was ID'd as, as uh, Johnny's friend, and he's he's running with it. Has <laughs> he got T-shirts yet? I, have you seen his mock PWI 500 bio where he's ranked 501? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You read that right up. It talks all about Johnny S. Friend. It does. It does. Yes, um, it's his best year yet. But uh, Zach is doing amazing. I love Zach. I miss Zach. I'm proud of Zach. Uh, I, I've seen Zach at his best, and I've seen Zach at his worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he just got back from like two weeks on the road speaking to kids. He loves that. I know he's not wrestling as much lately, mm-hmm. which is probably, you know, his body's probably thanking him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he's truly found his calling, and he's found Good. his passion, and he's found he's found his happiness. And to me – Life is about two things more than anything else. It's about finding freedom, do what you want, and and just happiness um, with not just what you're doing, but with yourself as well. And Zach's found both of those things, so he has figured out life. Excellent. Jesse has a question. I feel philosophical right now. This is good. This is good. Well, let's turn that around. Is Jesse going to ruin it? Uh, Joe, tell an England story. Uh, I got to tell the England story, right? I got to talk about uh, the UK Pillow Massacre. As uh, I heard about this, yes, I you, have heard. About it. I don't know if you told this on the show. Yet. You edited part of it because Samoa Joe talks about it. And Samoa Joe, oh, does that's matches. right. Yes, yes. So that's one that that is one. So when I do these DVDs and like I'm putting the chapter points in, like I, I saw that one, and that was one of the few where I'm like, I'm going to sit and listen to this. Yes. You were probably like, I wish I knew more about British wrestling now. Yeah. Um, so we were at a very fancy hotel, probably a four-star hotel in Doncaster, England. This is 1PW 2006. For those that are unaware, 1PW was a wrestling promotion that booked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of very talented, famous wrestlers. And for some reason, me. And it was AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, uh, Samoa Joe, and Joe Dombrowski. Yeah, why is my name got to be last? Um, it was one of those things where uh, the promoter had run a like a video game store and like a wrestling merchandise store. Did well, decided to take his money and just set it on fire and throw it in the toilet. Um, poorly managed. We were selling out most of the shows, but still filed for bankruptcy six or eight months later. Wow. Um, and we, and when I say we, I'm referring to anybody that's not the promoter, we're never informed of financial books or statements or what did or didn't make money. So when the promoter comes to us and says, hey, let's book Christian. And we're like, okay. You know, we assume that he wouldn't actually ruin his life doing this, but oops. Um so the UK Pillow, Ma- Pillow Massacre has pretty much 90% of TNA and Ring of Honor in the building at this point. Um, <laughs> Circa 2006. Yes. I may have been the first one ribbed. Steve Carino, who I love very much, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite broadcast colleagues. Uh, Chris Hamrick, one of the best ribbers in the business. Um recent participant in Rise Wrestling and Stomp Out Cancer. And Sterling James Keenan, 
who has faded to obscurity and I have no clue what he's doing now. No idea. Um, decided to rib everybody. One at a time. <laughs> we're all at the hotel bar relaxing after a uh, show well done. And I get told I have a phone call in my hotel room. And I'm assuming, oh, it's the promoter calling me because there's some kind of an issue. So I'm like, okay, I need to take this. Um, so I'm walking across the lobby, going down the hall. And in the hall was Loki on one knee tying a shoe. And I didn't think any of it at the time. But lo and behold, that was the signal that I'm coming. Because when Loki stood up from tying a shoe, that was the cue for the vultures to pounce. Because Carino, Hamrick, and Sterling James Corey Graves assault the hell out of me with pillows. Beating me about the head and shoulders and all over my body. Chris Hamrick hit me in the eye with a pillow that bent my eyeglasses. I'm a trooper, folks. I'm a warrior. Um, How many years in the business were you at this point? Three years. Three years. Three years. Okay. I was um, 20 years old. You were 20 years old. 20 years old. England, getting mauled by pillows by an yes. ECW original. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I did what a responsible professional member of the 1PW front office would do at that point. Mm-hmm. Sat back and watched them get everybody else. <laughs> um, they tried to get... I think this happened before me. I, I, I wasn't the first. They, they tried to go to Al Snow's room before me, I think. Yes. Um, and Al Snow won up them by opening the door just enough to throw water on them. So Hamrick's pillow was also wet, <laughs> which gave it more weight, which meant it hurt more. Um, but I watched them get the refs. I watched them get Blue Meanie. I watched them get Jarrett. I watched them get everybody one by one by one by one by one. Um, th- there were only three people on the show's off limits. Charlie Haas, because Charlie could legitimately mess them up if he, if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, being an amateur standout at Seton Hall. Homicide, because he could legitimately mess them up if he wanted to in a completely other way, probably. He was named Homicide. Yes. And Bret Hart, because it was Bret Hart, and he had all of his you know medical issues previously. And you saw what happened to the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perhaps that was... I don't know if the guy, the assault had a pillow involved with the Hall of Fame or not, but perhaps it was karma catching up to him. Mm. Nobody can avoid us. No. So uh, um, other people are getting involved. Like it was kind of a revolving door of, of pillow handed culprits throughout the night. Cause this went on for like two hours. Mm-hmm. Like they'd barge into people's rooms. They'd lure people one by one from the bar. Like this was a, this was an extended sting so, operation. And I believe the, the story, not to spoil the the moment on the DVD with Samoa Joe is he was in the middle of a yes I'm I'm getting to that okay because one of the kids that joins in is a, a a kid that was equally as young as me but thankfully far 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 less intelligent <laughs> named Jay Phoenix he was a Scottish kid and he was one of those kids that was not very self aware. And really didn't know his place and really didn't know how he came off to people. Like, I remember him being on our bus. Like, he didn't fly in. Why is he on our bus? Why didn't he, you know, hop a friggin' cab or something? Um, But he was trying to be one of the boys, and he was one of the the pillow assailants at some point. Mm -hmm. So it's late in the night. Bar's getting ready to close down. There's only three people left in it. Smojo, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels. And they are playing uh, a high-money game in Texas Hold'em. And Carino and Hamrick, the evil gears in their head, start moving. And uh, one of the guys is like, well, I'll get AJ. And one guy's like, well, I'll get Daniels. 
And Carino's like, well, I'm not getting Joe. So then this kid, Jay Phoenix, <laughs> says the three words that will immortalize him forever in wrestling lore. He says, well, I'll get Joe. Creon Hamrick's eyes light up. All right, as you get Joe, I'll get AJ, and you get Christopher Daniels. We'll get everybody at once with the big ambush. All right, we'll go on three. Ready? One, two, three. And only one person went on three. <laughs> and Creon Hamrick hang back. You hear thump, thump, thump. Oh, shit. Kid runs back. Samoa Joe, meanwhile, has no idea what just happened. He has no idea who this kid is. And he genuinely thinks someone is trying to rob the game. Obviously, very poorly. First instinct. Yeah. Also, first instinct, first moment. So, Joe gets up. He's mad. And he's walking so fast, there's practically a trail of steam behind him. And Joe gets to the hallway where we all are. And he's looking for who it was. Who was it? Who was it? Finds the kid, pushes him up by the throat against the wall, and keeps repeating, do you know me? Do you know me? <laughs> over and over again. I'm sure the kid is defecating himself at this mm -hmm. point. The kid is stunned in fear. Joe grabs him, drags him outside. Joe is stretching this young Scottish gentleman in the parking lot, asking him, who put you up to this? Creon Hamrick, sir. Creon Hamrick, sir. Are Creon Hamrick going to save your life right now? Creon Hamrick, look at each other. No. Someone who was not me, I was far away from the awkward parts, um, convinced Joe to not do anything further because if they called the police in a foreign country, that would be very bad. Uh, so Joe calms down for a little bit um, and cooler heads prevail. Joe winds up, uh, we're all back in the, the uh, hotel. Joe decides to go to his room, call night. Joe has to walk by all of us one last time. He stops at the kid. Looks him square in the eye. Time stands still. Joe says, just give me one reason. <laughs> and you know the cooler head that prevailed there? Low-key. Low-key stepped in <laughs> And told Joe to go to his room. And Joe did. And that was the last we saw of him that night. And obviously, as you saw by the the, uh, the video and the, the Joe DVD we did, it, it turned into a running joke after yeah. that. It wasn't a source of tension. But, I mean, that and many, many other way, way, way worse things that kid did uh, – was self-sabotage to say the least. And, uh, but that's, that's always going to be the story from, from England and one PW, the UK pillow massacre, AKA the time I almost watch Samoa Joe murder a Scotsman. Wow. That could be a documentary right there. Uh, we have more questions in the chat room. The uh, West coast contingent has been showing up in the chat room. Our, West Coast is the best coast. West, there you West go. Side. Uh, That's the coolest thing I'll ever do. Alex Miller out in L.A. Greater L.A. I don't know L.A. LA. I mean, L.A. is like half a state, I think, right? It's Los huge. Angeles is it's very huge. large. Yes. It's huge. 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 Uh, would you like to see Nick Gage versus C Sin Valesk? Velasquez? I don't know if he spelled it right. Are you right. trying to say Cain Velasquez? Yes, I think so. Okay. Um, would I like to see it? I'm not familiar with the second. I th I think that would be a... a, a, a okay, well, and, and let me resend my comment earlier. Nick Gage in person? No, I don't want to meet that guy in person. Mm, Nick F. And Gage scares me. He, he's, he looked at me like three rows back coming into the ring, and I was like, nope. I, I, I would love... To I almost love to see them in MMA more than pro wrestling. Um, Cain Velasquez is a UFC badass. He's the guy that oh. he's the guy that beat Brock Lesnar. Oh, 
Um, and he made his pro wrestling debut at Triple Mania. Okay. In a six man tag with, uh, uh, Cody, Psycho Clown, uh, Tejano, Torres, uh, Killer Cross. Very talented. Wow. Uh, uh, a trios match. And Kane Velasquez, first ever match. He's doing Ranas. He's doing Lucha. Like, Kane didn't want to come in and do, like, novelty celebrity wrestling. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be Mr. T or Drew Carey or, like, or he'd be just, just Carl MMA, Malone. Just the MMA guy in a ring. Yeah. He, he didn't want to do that. He wanted to be a luchador. Mm-hmm. Like, he grew up watching Lucha Libre and, and, and having a deep respect for it. Wow. And he wants to do this again. He wants to do this regularly. Yeah. Um, and And the eyes of the world, like ESPN covered that match. Like wow. that, that was a big deal, especially down there. Um, I think Kane has a very long and prosperous future in wrestling if he wants it. And I think he does want it. Um, I'm intrigued by him and Nick Gage hooking it up, but I'm even more intrigued of them doing it in an MMA fight than in a pro wrestling match, to be honest with you. But that would be a hell of a gut check. Well, questions are rolling in right now. Uh, let's stay for the moment on triple uh, mania. Uh, Tina in Seattle uh, says, great commentating on the Triple uh, A Triple Mania. Thank you. And uh, also, did you get Blue Demon's blood on you? I did not because I was up near the top of the stage. Mm-hmm. But um, if I had been at ringside like Striker and Vampire last year, I would probably have a, a healthy amount of plasma on me because that was the probably the bloodiest visual I'd ever seen in person. Wow. Um, you, the old adage of like dripping like a faucet, running like a sieve, like that was Blue Demon Jr.'s uh, skull throughout that much of that match. Um, gross sight, but uh, hell of a match, Blue Demon Jr. and Dr. Wagner Jr. Um, Lucha de Apuesta, mask versus hair. Lucha de Apuesta is fight with a wager. Hmm. Sorg doesn't speak Espanol. No, I do not. No, I do not. Only enough to order my taco across the street. Uh, somebody named Bic Steele um, says, Joe. Who's that? I don't know. Big fan. What's your biggest pet peeve as a commentator and biggest pet peeve as a matchmaker? Sorry if it's been asked. Just hopped in. Uh, first of all, he's not sorry about anything. That's uh, hmm. that's a lie. Um Pet peeve about commentary would be announcers that think it's about them. Yes. And want to pop the boys or want to get themselves over instead of uh, what they're supposed to do. And to a lesser extent, announcers that that just call moves instead of tell stories. Mm -hmm. If I'm watching the match and you say... Oh, it's nice side headlock, and there's nice hammerlock, and there's nice drop toe, and there's nice. It's it's just empty words. Why is it nice? Enthusiasm, enthusiasm for what's like, happening. When right? I hear an announcer say, "Oh, it's nice punch to the face," really, what made it nice? Could you explain that? Could you break that down? Just things like that. It, it, it's there's a difference between playing pretend wrestler and being a wrestler. There's a difference between playing pretend announcer and being an announcer. Mm-hmm. Um, my pet peeve as a matchmaker. Um, my pet peeve with other matchmakers are people that don't bring story and context and just throw things at the wall. Mm-hmm. My pet peeve doing matchmaking myself would be just dealing with the um, unavoidable pitfalls. Um, this guy's double book. This guy's car broke down. Um, now we have to do something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fix this. Yeah. Which – on one respect is a fun – not a fun, but is, is a challenge that, that I can enjoy and embrace. That is, and that's the kind of thing you know. We, we've talked with others. Like Those sometimes create interesting opportunities. It does because oftentimes it's next man up. Mm-hmm. There have been guys who I've had a cancellation and it turns into who's here. And um, whoever's there or whoever's a phone call away mm-hmm. winds up getting that opportunity. Um that's the that's how Jack Pollock started in Premiere. That's how R.C. Dupree started in Premiere. Um, and that's not to say they wouldn't have gotten there anyway, because mm-hmm. they would have. But that that's what jump started it. Um, but yeah, it, it's a labor of love, and I wish people understood how difficult a job matchmaking or booking a show really is, because 
It's not just, well, I want to see this match and I want to see this guy and this will be cool. So let's do it. It's getting the most out of everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's being logical. It's, it's something that's easy to digest. And it's, it's, um, it's looking at, at, at an overall picture rather than one puzzle piece. You as a wrestler, you're looking at your puzzle piece and what's best for that and how, what's going to make that look good. Mm-hmm. But I have to make sure the whole picture looks good. So if you want your puzzle piece over here where the main event puzzle pieces are, but it looks like crap, it's going to ruin the whole picture, then, uh, then uh, your piece may not be ready for that. I'm going to stay on the commentary thread because we have a lot of comments and questions off of that. Um, and I want to try to uh, roll back through and get some of your other questions here as, as appropriate uh, for you guys out there. Um, so, so first, uh, Rob, cameraman Rob, we're aware of him. I enjoy the Rob. <laughs> um, I hate when someone's heel commentary character just for the sake of it, not because they're established that way as a character or personality. There is somebody that I've had to work with that I won't name, and he's not from this area, so no conspiracy theorists. But anytime I've had to work with him, mm-hmm. I know it's going to be bad because he doesn't have a personality. He just regurgitates Bobby Heenan lines. Mm. He just uh, – it's like this of- guy's the heel. This guy's the villain, the, the antagonist. So I should take his side, even though there's no reason to. I'm just going to root for him for no reason. There should be some logic in that heel yes. commentator side. Yes, and if you're a, if you're an antagonistic announcer, it's your job to tell me their side of the story. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you things at face value. I'm going to give you my perception of things as as an even keel layman. Or if, if the villain is, is diabolical enough, maybe I'll even do a little rah-rah, but I try not to. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I'm around BC because it's just great to argue with him. Um, sorry, Big Steel. Um, but if you're the villainous commentator, villain has a point of view. No villain believes they're the villain. F- very few. Right. Regal, right? Piper, probably, but like they are doing what in their mind is the right thing to do. They only they they either just have a faulty sense of logic behind it, or they take things too far. Um, so they have a point of view, and you need to tell me what that point of view is, so I understand what their motivation is, as flawed as it may be. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, off of that same vein, from Jesse the Mark. Uh, people who think they can do commentary because they like to talk about wrestling. Talking about wrestling is go start a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Talking And even then, please do not start a podcast. We have enough. The, uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> so, we have enough, and they are all hosted by Michael Sorg. I don't well, know how. I mean, I only, I only host like three of them, and, and I, I'm trying to get other people to do ones, so... But yeah, th- there's a difference between talking about wrestling and being a part of... Uh, the overall story because we all need each other to make this wrestling product work. And if you're going to, again, not understand why you're there and just talk for the sake of talking. Okay, cool. You're there. You're filling empty space, but are you doing anything to help anybody? Other yeah, than there's, I, and, it, and that's a little like, um, we've had the conversation plenty of times about kind of the, uh, last thing you think about is your production team, this, that, and the other, everything from referees to commentators to announcers. Like any of those can break the show, mm-hmm. right? For for the audience, wherever you're you're trying to put it. Um, it amazes me. Just to interject, and please don't lose your thought. It amazes me that I've seen independent promotions literally spend thousands of dollars on their talent roster, mm-hmm. and I know for a fact do not pay their announcers. Wow. A that's disrespectful for the announcers because it shows you it shows them that that you perceive their value to be worthless. Mm-hmm. B it shows you have no respect for the job because you're not going to invest to make that good because you could have ten thousand dollars of talent in the ring, but if some schlub is calling it, he's, he's going to kill the segment and you're not going to be able to sell. How it. many shows have you been on where you have all that money and the talent and the audio capturing you doesn't work? That's happened a number of times. I've yeah. had to do redos, or I've, I've been I've muffly, had, I've or had I've been to too hot. I've had to fix some of those you've been on. Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, 
you got to make sure everything works on all levels. Mm-hmm. And and the other bad thing about announcers that work for free is it hurts my market value mm-hmm. because how can I demand what well, I can get this guy? Yeah, yeah, w- yeah. When you can do it for free, and that hurts the business as a whole. If there's a ref that'll do it for free, who's going to go out and pay? Um, Brian Gorey or Chris Levin or Jake Clemens or mm-hmm. any of these guys who are trying to make a run or have made a successful run and do this. Yeah, all those names I, I, you know, I recognize from Ring of Honor and Evolve. Yeah. 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 And th- th- those are guys that are taking this seriously. I'm a guy that's taking this seriously. But if you want to go play, you know, Funhouse Weekend Warrior, you know, tell your friends at the bar, I'm I'm a wrestling ref, I'm a wrestling announcer, just to get your jollies off, and you're taking a spot that somebody that can actually do with it can, mm-hmm. uh, somebody that can actually do something with it can do. Um, you're not helping, and if you if you really in some people, if they really enjoyed the business and really respected the business, they'd recognize they should be back on the other side of the guardrail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burn! Who am I shooting on? <laughs> Where do you start? It's a big industry of the good and the There's bad. An and alphabetical the list in my pocket. It's an alphabetical list, uh, and it's going. It's going at this in the in the chat room. That also kind of goes for managers. You know, that's kind of yep. the the. I don't know how many promotions I go to where I'm just like uh, a friend that's the manager, right? Mm-hmm. And fifth ring post. Fifth ring post. Yep. Interesting. Or like I, I, I've seen examples where it's like. I want to manage that guy. So then he asked to manage that guy, and now he's managing that guy. Mm-hmm. And if it, and him managing that guy consists of clappy clap and standing there. Like, yeah. Babyface managers. What's, yeah. baby, what's a babyface manager? It's a dead spot unless you're Paul Bearer. Because what do you do? What do you do? I saw a manager come out with a cane one time. Only one time? And he, well... It's the only time where the guy needed the cane. Okay. And tried to navigate. Is it VC Steel? Did he fall down the steps? Not this time. Okay. No, no, no. This is a different time. Okay. Um, and he he had to navigate the steps to okay. get insisted to get in the ring to cut this promo introducing his guy, which was not great, which took forever because he had to navigate the steps and right. could not navigate the steps. It was really awkward, and yeah. I don't know what the point was. You know, it's it's. I'm sure that guy paid for somebody's flight. I don't know. Mm, I mean, maybe. I, but and 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 generally, that's what it is. It's promoter's friend. It's mm. promoter's helper. It's well, you can't work a match, but you, you want to be on the show. And again, there's an art to it. Mm. And if if you as a promoter think, oh, anybody can do it, that's a slap in our face because people like BC Steel. <laughs> Um, and people like myself uh, have put so many years into making a commodity out of ourselves and, and just trying to turn this into something, you know, whether it's, whether it's a full-time living or whether it's buying dinner or whether it's anywhere in between. Um, a lot of elbow grease went into making that what it is. And people that get in and don't take it seriously are just uh, um, an albatross. It's just going to weigh everything down and make it harder for the rest of us to rise above. We have a, a – she asked it again. I swear is the next one I was going to ask. You're getting a lot of uh, hearts and thumbs up with uh, the, those latest comments, by the way. Uh, Tina in Seattle, any comment, commentator could be alive or dead. Would you like to call a match with? Uh, you've called you've called with – you mentioned Carino, Vampiro. You had a lot of fun at the Lucha Expo. Expo, Expo Lucha. Yes. I'll get the name right. Um, but it's okay. It's not like you did all four of my discs. There's a lot of DVDs. Yes, a lot of wrestling for a very affordable Oof, price at yes. joe-dombrowski.com and yes. and uh, whatever my other thing is for wrestlinglibrary.com. Um, no, I've I, I've been fortunate enough to work with guys like Cornette and Mark Madden um, that that I, I grew up watching um, and get advice from 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 guys like. Uh, you know, JR and Paul Heyman and guys like that. Um, number one with a bullet on the list is Bobby Heenan. Mm-hmm. I, I, I met Bobby. I, dude, I was I, I wasn't there when you I wasn't there when you met Bobby, but you had gone off, talked to him and came back. Yes. And that is the guys, this was the happiest, glowingest Joe Dombrowski that I had ever seen in the ten years I've known him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was it was just like I, I could tell you just hit your life goal right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a couple minutes with Bobby and, you know, the the cancer had, had done a lot of damage to him and uh-huh. he was tired because it was a long day. Um, so communicating wasn't the best, but he was still 
Bobby. He was still doing shtick. He was still doing back and forth material. And I got a chance to, it wasn't on camera. It wasn't a gig, but I had a chance to do a little back and forth with Bobby Heenan. And that mm-hmm. was, uh, that was a life highlight. So it would, it would be Bobby, uh, if I could pick anybody out of anybody that's still possible. Um, probably Paul Heyman. Hmm. Um, a lot of people would be surprised. I wouldn't say a JR, but keep in mind, uh, JR and I do essentially the same job. So it would be a little bit harder to have the same chemistry I could be mm. if I was playing off of a character as strong as Paul. I would love to have JR in back on Gorilla producing me or critiquing me. Absolutely. But uh, get me out there with somebody that I can I can do point-counterpoint with, and I think Paul E would be the guy to do that. Um, some additional uh, commentary here. Um, Rob saying, the happiest? I don't know. I've seen him uh, when everyone's shown up to work a show that they were supposed to. <laughs> Just not on time. I just, he's just not on time. <laughs> That's just an impossibility. Yeah. Uh, Will everyone show up at Premier Championship Wrestling Anniversary, September 14th in Cleveland, Ohio? You should show up and find out. Tickets at joe-nabrowski.com. Card subject to change, and it could be surprising. Hell, last show, I didn't show up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you didn't show up. Rob didn't show up. I don't know how the show got off. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anyways, uh, Chris LaRusso asks, what is the most scared you've ever been at a show? I was a little scared driving to that circus show in Detroit. Most scared I've been at a show. I was kind of scared of Triple Mania when there was a discussion in the announcer's room about, hey, if Dr. Wagner loses this match, do you think the crowd will riot and throw things? <laughs> That was a genuine, at least you weren't down by the ring. <laughs> that was until we realized we had a separate announcer perch. That was a fear. Oh, jeez. Um, the most afraid I've been at a show. I don't think I've ever really been afraid for my life or my safety or anything like that. I think mm-hmm. like the 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 most the, the most powerful like negative emotion I can think of that I felt would just be um, feeling for those that got injured especially those that got injured under my watch yes which has happened twice under my watch uh gregory iron and uh you were there for greg right? i was there i was ringside camera for that one gregory iron got uh his head dinged in a power bomb mm-hmm. and he had a history of, of near fatal concussions. So that was a, a bad scare. His, his body stiffened up. He started I snoring upon it, impact. Yeah, he did. They, 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 uh, I got scared when they, like, they pulled the gun, out, the gum out of his mouth and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank, thankfully we had a nurse there and, um, kid named Alex Jordan, um, mm. got hurt in premiere, uh, doing a dive and, um, didn't get the the launch that he needed, and he hit his head and his tailbone. I think the hardest on the way down. But he we stopped the show for about twenty thirty minutes and had to stretcher him out too. And uh, those are both two individuals that I've really enjoyed working with and trying to help and, and cultivate. And um, it was a big burden on my. Um, not just on my conscience, but on my heart to see them go through that. And I, I, I was scared for their safety and well-being. And thankfully, they are, um, you know, they were both up and kicking uh, uh, in pretty short order. Greg, I think, I think they both left the hospital that same night of those respective injuries, which is is a very fortuitous blessing. Excellent. Um. I was into that and didn't set up the next question. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple other floating around here. Um, let's see. BC, uh, you didn't show up for premiere, but we were in the booth to commentary. I'm so confused. Um, geez. Uh, BC is often confused. That is not news true, at all. True. I, um, love, I love Rob's like, Rob's like, I got a better gig. And Joe was all like, hold my beer. <laughs> Because I think Rob was working at uh, uh, Northeast Wrestling, one of the ball field shows. Rob right? Rob asked to uh, have the day off because he got an offer for NEW, mm-hmm. which I would consider a lateral move, not a better offer. Oh. Um, but uh, I had Mike Z on file, 
uh, uh, and having Mike Z as a cameraman was a lateral move and not better. I'll be professional. <laughs> um, and I knew Mike Z was more than capable. And um, Mike Z's great as a producer and a cameraman, stuff like that. He was a huge mm-hmm. help uh, when I wasn't uh, uh, physically there, except for the soundproof booth hidden away that I was doing commentary with BC Steel, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that 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 did happen, and uh, Rob is, is is a great editor, and um, I'm I'm being really professional to make him feel guilty. Well, good. Um, Don't read the chat. <laughs> but yeah, who knows what show? I'll just bail on next time. We'll see. Joe, I may leave right now. Well, uh, well, it's about an hour, so. <laughs> See, I didn't think I was popular. I think I, I figured like Ben would come in the chat room and mess with me, and then nobody else would care. But oh, well, apparently Rob got off work, or he's waiting to get off shift. It's uh, that 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 uh, that deep uh, Sorgatron fan base that I'm right. I'm leeching off of right now. That's right, you are. You got our West Coasters. They're 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 having their uh, post dinner um, check in with the see if we're Facebooking tonight. So, <laughs> Joe. Where can people find what's going on with you? Thank you so much, by the way. Was that the end? Are we done? I think we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up on bearing Rob? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where we're going. That's fair. I'm really, uh, good at, Joe, I'm really good at bearing people. Joe, what did you learn from this experience? I just asked you three questions I know. Let's just start with this. What did you learn from this this experience in the last hour? What did I learn? Um, your fans and my friends uh, behave themselves a lot better than I thought they would. Okay. Good. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me, uh, uh, nestled in this amazingly comfortable couch as often as possible. Um, joe-dombrowski.com is my website. I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I am on the Instube on your W dots. You can find me at, uh, Premier Championship Wrestling, Cleveland, Ohio, Saturday, September 14th for the anniversary, which in my opinion, on paper, most stacked lineup premieres ever done. We have a four-way main event for the championship as Chris LaRusso. Um, that scared me when Chris LaRusso won my title. I was very frightened with that mm. uh, because he's a manipulative, powerful son of a bitch. I get that. And he will be defending the championship against Gory, Ron Mathis, and Atticus Coger. Four men who've, who've hated each other as part of the turf war, and now it seems that LaRusso and Mathis have friction. Mathis seems to be under the impression LaRusso is going to lay down and give him the belt. Gory and Atticus have been fighting all over the area. At one point, they were closer than brothers. Now they are not on speaking terms. How will that dynamic play into this matchup? Uh, we're going to have a, 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 a showcase, spotlight, uh, uh, kind of an indie dream match where Ace Perry will go one-on-one with Facade. You got Malcolm Monroe the third. Yes. He, I saw the rest of his family get inducted to a, a wrestling hall of fame in Detroit when I happened to be up there. Malcolm's grandfather is one of the most respected and revered mm-hmm. wrestlers in that entire area. Uh, Malcolm Monroe Sr. at one point, I believe, I'm hoping my years aren't off, at one point he challenged Harley Race for the NWA world title. Wow. Um, and Malcolm's dad is still a very successful wrestler and promoter up there. Uh, Wardlow will be in action. Mr. AEW himself mm-hmm. taking on Andrew Palace. Will, will it be in slow motion? Will it be in slow motion? Yes. You saw the, uh, did you see I, the, No, I did, see, I did see the video. After I, think, I saw the video, I, I messaged Joe, uh, your Joe, John McChesney, and said, listen, do I have to film him in slow motion at Revenge Listen, now? if Wardlow decides to fight someone in slow motion, are you going to tell him to stop? I, won't. I mean, I'm not going to tell him to stop anything. No. Because he's Wardlow, but. Yeah, and he, he may completely destroy somebody, and it may be Andrew Palace. Also. We're going to have Dylan Bostic and Cisco Silver unsanctioned match. Dylan said some very unkind things about Cisco's family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have the Ashton Day uh, 50th anniversary concert. Have you seen this Ashton Day character? I've heard. No, we've seen some of this. Yes. Ashton Day wrote a song called <laughs> Calvin Couture pinned Andrew Palace. Yes. Um, I, you can guess what it's about. Mm. Calvin has been just bragging incessantly about this, had this song commissioned, and now we get released today. Ashen Day has made this ridiculous documentary where he claimed that on the 50th anniversary of Woodstock last month, he's reminiscing about 
him headlining Woodstock, and Jimi Hendrix stole the national anthem guitar playing from him, and um, you can find it on, on the Premier Championship Wrestling Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Facebook, search Premier Championship Wrestling, Twitter, search Premier CLE. Ashen Day has a documentary about his time at Woodstock, and it's absurd. Um, he's we, are, we have to celebrate now 50 years of Ashen Day. I looked it up. The kid's like 21. That math doesn't work. We're celebrating 50 years of Ashen Day. He's going to perform in concert at Premiere. Um, I've, to- I've told him, though, Mr. Sorg, I've told him, if you're going to take time in my events to play these songs and waste our time, you're going to pay me back for that time by being an in-ring competitor. So he better just beware of what he gets himself I'm surprised into. You, I'm surprised you didn't try to contractually obligate him to play Girls in Cars. If I had the rights, I would. Mm, that's true. You know who uh, uh, Ashton Day wrestled last month for you longtime Pittsburgh fans? Lennox Norris, former IWC competitor, I'll be damned. What? I'll be damned. His first name was Al. His last name was Dam. His middle initial was B. I'll huh. be damned. Wow. My first, my first show ever in wrestling, January 2003. I'll be damned. Carlton Cavs made their IWC debut. In the very first match at my high school. And the referee was a young whippersnapper named Bruce Gray. Bruce Gray. Yup. Colorblind ref. He's colorblind. No way. Who needs to see color when you can count to three? No. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. At least he can see. I will also be at uh, IWC High Stakes 3, Wheeling, West Virginia, on September 13th. I'll be in South Carolina for Big Time Wrestling September uh, 20th and 21st. Uh, Spartanburg will be one of those stops, the Historic Memorial Auditorium. Um, we are releasing the DJZ Gun Wild 48 hours till Orlando release, tentatively September 18th. And uh, I also have in the works, as a result of my business trip to Cincinnati, so I'd go be a part of this. Uh-oh. I am this releasing. Is, this is where I find out about this. Yes. Stuff. No, what, what project am I working on next? Listen, it's, it's probably not coming till WrestleMania. Okay. But we're going to start on it soon. Okay. I am going to release the most historically significant release I've ever put out. I've done a lot of cool things. I'm Mr. Montreal Conspiracy Guy. I'm the Virgil Guy. I'm, I'm the guy that used to yell over the Gargano matches. I've done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the historical significance of what I'm working on um, has not been matched by anything else I've done. And it's something that's 20 years in the making. Is, was this one of those things you told me about last time you were here? Maybe I have a bad memory. Yeah, me too. I probably wouldn't remember anyways. So, Joe-Dombrowski.com, uh, ProWrestlingLibrary.com, 260 hours for five ninety nine a month. I just added the PWO Christmas holiday special where Hobo Joe brings a sack full of gifts for me, and he puts awkward hats on my head. Speaking of Hobo Joe and his he friends. Got a, he got a yellow hard hat from some guy named Bulldozer. What happened to him? Who knows? But it's all on the show. <laughs> Bulldozer. I didn't know he was up there too. He wasn't, but his hat was. His hat was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, related to friends of Hobo Joe, uh, for the last twenty minutes, Jesse's been asking. Uh, you can't. You can't wrap the show yet. That's not a question uh, because he wants. He wants a Virgil story. A Virgil story. A Virgil story. I did a whole DVD of Virgil stories. I know. Is there any left? No, we've done them all. Um, I mean, the most recent Virgil story was WrestleRex. Yes, I was there for that one. Yes. Virgil. Live on a pay-per-view. And and boy, did it feel live when Virgil was out there. Virgil was supposed to come in the ring and welcome the fans to the event. Did I end up posting this? You insisted I post it. Yes, because it was was history, and I'll remind you why in this story. Mm. There were a bunch of... I'm going to try to pull it up. Uh, adult entertainment exotic dancers in the ring yes. promoting an after party at a gentleman's club. We're not going to say the name of it because, because they didn't we pay, don't remember. Because they didn't pay us, and I think they've changed their name. <laughs> Which are two very valid reasons. Yes. Not to be confused with the gentleman's club managed by Gentleman Joe Perry in PWX in 1998, which you can find Sorg posting ad nauseum in all these PWX classic clips. I haven't posted one for a little bit, but again, well, I have a share we're talking well, about. Well, then you screwed that plug up, didn't you? Mm. Um... 
Virgil was supposed to come in the ring and um, welcome the fans mm-hmm. and put over the strip club mm-hmm. and say, you know what? I got the million-dollar man's money to play with. I can start this party whenever I want. I'm going to take these ladies and go. I'll see y'all there after the show. Virgil instead goes into the ring, starts rambling and talking to and laughing at himself, mumbling to the point where the fans start chanting, this is awkward. Um, One of the girls starts twerking upon the insistence of Virgil. And Virgil, for some reason, decides to hold the microphone up to her buttocks every time she does this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was looking for a comment or he was checking for gas, but either way. Um, Virgil is taking up so much time and sucking the life out of this room so badly (laughs) that one of the show organizers gets on the house mic and hits Virgil's line for him. Virgil, you got all the money you want. You can go start this party right now. We are frantically sending people to ringside to usher Virgil out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are people in the ring that are more attractive than Virgil, and they're doing sexy time things, uh, fans are throwing money in the ring. And I thought we would spend the next 25 minutes watching Virgil on his knees, picking up every dollar and groveling. But the reason, Mr. Sorg, we made history is Virgil left the ring and he didn't take the money. Virgil left money behind for the first, the last, the only time ever, then, now, forever. Virgil will be remembered for this moment and almost making WrestleRex awkward and uncomfortable beyond repair before it even officially started. And that is why all of you promoters out there that say, oh, it'd be so fun to have Virgil in the ring. Yes, but then when you expect Virgil to actually do th- do things... And leave the ring. Virgil will not do those things. He may do different things that only make sense in his head. But like, if you just like a picture of Virgil in the corner of the screen... That's okay. That's about the extent of Virgil's talent at this point. But it's the whole walking and talking and thinking type of thing that really gets you lost. So, Virgil at WrestleRex. Yeah. Come to Southside in October. <laughs> you can check that Virgil out. won't be there. That clip's over on the IndieWrestling.us YouTube. And, of course, WrestleRex is over there on IndieWrestling.us as well. Um, so, we're getting comments because, again, Rob was once again ringside for that one. On the camera, uh, he said that uh, I think Rob just like comes with all of the wrestling ring rentals he does at, this at this point. point. <laughs> He's part of the contract. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, dude, I'm sending him some interesting places this month. Uh, filming it, filming it, it felt like time stood still and then went in reverse. <laughs> he says also, I may have been the this is awkward guy. I think I think I do remember him starting. I was like, dude, you're chanting. You're on the headset. You're on the camera. Please don't do that. <laughs> So he just he just got there before everybody else did. Uh, be nice to Virgil. He's like a ten time Hall of Famer. Uh, and Hashtag was seventeen WrestleManias. Seventeen stole my line before I got there. Yes, right. uh, seventeen WrestleManias, uh, fourteen and a half inches. Oh jeez. He says I. <laughs> he says I force got my way through indie wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, let's try to end the show again. It's not my fault this time. Ah, whatever. I'm still at joe-nabrowski.com, and I'm still going to be all those other places. You are. Uh, and to round out my September Pro Wrestling Conquest in Charleston, you'll be there. I will Friday, be there. Friday, September 27th. We haven't told people we were going to be there yet. Yeah, well, I work there. I'm, you, okay. You work there now. Well, so. I guess I do. Well, I mean, at least for one show. Jock Sampson versus Al Snow. Holy shit. I haven't seen the card. Yeah. I, just, I just know where we're going. I'm excited to see uh, Jackson Argos get beat up by Trey Lamar. I'm Ooh. a big fan of Trey Lamar. Yeah, I've seen some good Trey Lamar in, uh, um, in uh, Rise. Yeah. Did you know Trey Lamar's half Italian? Really? Yes. I saw him as part of an Italian tag team where his name was Trey Lamario. Huh. And you're looking at me like, is he making a dumb, bad joke? And yes, but it's also true. That actually <laughs> happened at a wrestling event in Indiana. Weird things happen in Indiana, Mr. Sork. But I saw Trey Lamario. I saw a chess flex or wrestle mario mario you could have just ended the sentence That's... that i saw chess flexor and that would have been weird enough yeah yeah you and your pasta death matches no, no, not me that's 
You're the one bringing them to the masses. I am. I don't I see am. any pasta death matches in the 1998 PWX footage with gentleman <laughs> Joe Perry. No. All I see is the honeymoon ambush and the doctor on commentary. Now, the doctor's a guy who's a terrible announcer, but boy, is he fun to listen to. Fantastic. Joe, thank you for joining us. Thank you for putting up with me. Hanging out with us on a Thursday night. Joe-Nebrowski.com. I, th- I thought this was dropping Tuesday. You're, you're pulling Tuesday. back the curtain. What, Tuesday, Thursday night? You never know. I mean, it, it's also replacing the Indie Mayhem Show and is replacing the Wrestling Mayhem Show. This I'm, is, this so I'm, is, I'm filling programming. You're filling the programming for the entire week that I'm not here. That is a daunting task. I'm happy you didn't tell me that till now. Good. If, Good. I, if I would have known that earlier, I might actually try to be entertaining. I think I think what we need to do, like what one of our our network roundtables is just going to be like you and Je- like Jesse just at the table asking you to tell stories. Well, I I still would like to and, do and reminisce about old PWX. I still would like to do the sequel to uh, Women with Waffles, where we call it Bacon with Broadcasters. Yep, where I just eat breakfast foods while telling Jim Lamata how worthless he is. Mm. Um, I think that 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 get over great. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's the programming that. Uh, uh, most people have, have clamored to see and others don't know they need it until they're watching it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for supporting the show. Join us in the chat room. We will be back on <laughs> September the 18th, a Wednesday. I know we're all over the place this month. Um, because we'll be celebrating the release of DJZ Gone Wild for eight hours. There you go. And we're going to ask everybody that's on the show, hey, what did you think about that? Um, do we have a guest for that? And yet? everybody that says they haven't watched it, you're going to cut them off and hang up on them. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, guys. By the way, uh, one of the members of Women with Waffles uh, says in... Is it Women w- with Waffles women, or Waffles with Women? Waffles with Women, wa- w- women wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's the one. Uh, she says... Can we, do dam- can we do Danishes with Dames? See, see, when I was making the name, I was like, "What? I don't want to be disrespectful with this." And then, and then, like, I think they brought up bacon with bitches or something. So, and I was like, "Well, I should have just went." With Wait, that. they get bacon too, or no, what's left for me? No, they didn't get bacon, but they were really insistent that the next time there's bacon. These superstars have demand. You get Katie Arquette in here, Hollywood starlet she is. All mm-hmm. these demands. Mm-hmm. And Jinx, and Jinx, whatever her name is, and, and now... And Jinx, whatever her name is. <laughs> and, and, I don't want to be disrespectful to whoever her name is. It's late. I didn't remember it. Uh, Ziggy Haim. You're the one bringing badgers in here. That's right. No, Have you seen didn't. my badger? It's on Instagram. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time. Mayhem out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.